of the Waystation Podcast with Randy and William. I'm going to do a little preamble to today's episode and explain something that uh, may or may not have happened. So um, last week, uh, we recorded this episode. And in this episode, I say some things that are kind of bombastic and challenge, um, that were meant to challenge some institutions and, and people that head institutions that are trying to drastically change the way that we see things in America. And I, uh, but the way that I express myself, uh, I don't think you would see um, me defending myself to institutions. I think you would see me being mean to people who might um, subscribe to some of the views being put forth. And so uh, upon listening to it, it occurred to me that it sounds like I'm attacking individuals and, and and I'm declaring um, superiority to individuals. And I, I, that is not my intent. So I took the episode down and I'm going to cut the parts out where I say those things that attack individuals. And, and as part of my preamble, I want to use an imperfect metaphor to explain what I'm trying to do. And so here's the imperfect metaphor. I want you to imagine the Titanic and the Titanic is this big, beautiful ship that's going on its maiden voyage. It's got a bunch of people whose hopes and dreams are brimming and they're, as they're headed to America, both either for vacation or to, to make a journey. And um, there are arrogant or misinformed or incompetent people um, who, are, who are putting everybody on, the, on board the Titanic in great peril. And those people, Whenever I argue about institutions, I'm arguing about the people who are driving the ships. So I, there are people who, who are putting forth boldly and without great evidence and are putting forth suggestions to drastically change the way that we perceive reality um, in America and the way that we prosecute fairness in America. And they're doing it, in my opinion, with the same... Um, level of competence that those that captain the Titanic did just they're so certain that they're correct and they're so um, incurious as to whether or not they're going to run right into an iceberg Um, so when I attack things I'm attacking the people driving the ship but the way that I expressed myself in the last episode you might it might sound like I was attacking somebody who was on the Titanic who without any fault of their own, is being subjected to gravity and the ocean and the cold, cold water and are fighting to survive. So I don't ever want to do that. And of course, the whole purpose of this podcast is to be fun and to entertain. So I'm going to change a couple of the things that I said in the episode. Um, I don't apologize for what I believe, but I definitely apologize if anybody heard that and thought, man, he's attacking me. Because I don't mean to attack people um, who are going through whatever they're going through in life, um, I would like to be there to support and be your friend. So without further ado, please uh, enjoy this now expurgated version of the Waystation podcast. I'm your host, Randy. All right. <laughs> it's happening. It's back. One of the things I think I want to do on this podcast a little more often is voice modulation. 
I, I can do special effects with my, with my mouth, and I feel like that should be part of the show. I think we should do songs and get auto-tuning. That way we, li- we sound good all the, the time. Way. Right. I mean, like, it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, guys. Doesn't that, by the way, doesn't auto-turning change everything in American Idol? Remember, remember uh, that guy, the Judge Randy, he used to always say, yeah. oh, you're a little pitchy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look. There's a couple of times in, 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 in musical history. So I always had a suspicion. And my suspicion was that growing up, so I've never been a fan. There's a couple of big musicians that I've just never been a fan of. Like one, one of Rolling them, Stones? Michael Jackson. Like Michael I, Jackson, really? Everyone, everyone likes Michael Jackson. I don't. Oh, okay. I don't like Prince either. Don't, not, just not good. But um, <laughs> but one we probably, we might have used the hand, by the way, and just completely dismissed just, just, it. Dismissed just it. not good. Life of, of hard work. Yes. Gone. Brushed, brushed away. <laughs> You're out. Um, I didn't, I never liked Madonna. I, I like, uh, like yeah. there's like two songs by Madonna that I like. Okay. Um, La Isla Vogue. Bonita and whatever that was, slow song was that I danced to in the eighth grade that changed my life a little bit. <laughs> All right. Because you but, realized you liked girls. <laughs> exactly. Um, what is it? The song? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, no. Like Material Girl is the one I remember. Like I said, auto-tuner. <laughs> okay, anyway, whatever that song is. Um, but uh, I suspected that all along that she's, she can't sing all that well. And then, of course, recordings come out and she can't sing all that well. And I wondered, actually, I wondered about Britney Spears. Same, right? And, of course, recordings were released of her not being out of tune. Do you? And she cannot sing. Okay, so I have a question about cannot her. Cannot sing. Have you seen any of her, like, candid videos that she puts on, like, No, because I don't think it's fun to make fun of people who are clearly mentally ill. And, and so I no, try. she and, is, she's really. Straight, she's straight up mentally ill. Like, she's, she's bonkers. Yeah. Like, the, you look at her eyes and those videos that aren't edited are like, whoa. Yeah, no, no, she's, she's not well. And, and so, like, when everyone was like, Free Britney. I'm like, guys, I don't, do you know anyone have in your life? Have you ever known anyone that the court let another adult be in charge of? I've never known anyone, not one. And so if the court did that, either there's a rogue court that colluded with Justin, what's his face to ruin Britney's life, or she's crazy and she's crazy. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Do you think she was made crazy through life choices, or do you think she just? You know, it's funny because I mean, like, lots of she had a normal life for a long time, and then she started taking drugs with Kevin Federline, and then uh, now she's crazy. So I think she could just be permafry. I don't know. It sure seems like it. Yeah, I don't know. I knew a girl that was permafry. I, you know, I do too. I was just thinking about her. Uh, She actually got. um, I guess there's a new condition that they're talking about now. Now that there's they can study more people using marijuana. Oh. They're finding that um, it, it, in some people, it, it induces what they call marijuana. It's not marijuana-induced schizophrenia, but it's like... No, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a percentage of people yeah. that smoke weed that it, it, it provokes psychosis. And there's, there's a, been a broad study in the UK about it. And what's funny is all the pro-weed people are like, bro... You don't even get it, man. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm not saying that everybody gets psychosis from weed. I'm saying that there's like 5% of people that smoke weed who do. That's and a significant That's percentage. a significant number. We can't act like that's not a real number. Anyway. Yeah, if, that, if you had a vaccine that was not working in 5% of the people. Or that provokes psychosis in right. 5% of the people, that would be a big deal, right? Big deal. <laughs> anyway, ben. where do we where do we start? Oh, uh, I don't too. Oh, yeah, we started auto and ended up with weed. <laughs> yeah. 
So we've had like 10 things happen since we last spoke. Yeah. First of all, our last our last together time was about the pendulum swinging back and how it's going to be delicious. It's pretty good right uh, now. Okay. So then two days later, uh, the uh, there's a leak in the Supreme Court. Oh, that happens since we've been? Yeah, yes. Oh. And, they're, and they're, they're, the Roe v. Wade is looking like it's going to be overturned. The pendulum is coming for Roe v. Wade. Well, the interesting part is it's a 5-3 decision and Roberts is already on the three side. So Well, they're guessing it's 5-3. No, it said 5-3 on the thing. I didn't think it said numbers on the thing. Did it say numbers on the thing? I thought it did. I think they, I, I think that people read the opinion and and inferred like that there's like five different people whose thoughts on the thing from questioning made right. it into the opinion. And so they're like, oh, it looks it's looking like five three. I, I guess, but my, it could be wrong. I, I didn't think there were actual like I don't think there was a roll call on it. Abortion's a really weird thing. Like you think that we in America are kind of always behind in the progressive sense from Europe. And we are way out in front on when it comes to abortion as far as in the like, worst possible ways. Yeah, in a bad way. Like it, abortion is way more restrictive in France, England, yeah, Spain. Yeah. I mean, way more. Uh, and and by the way, I think more measured. Is that the right word? I mean, like in the, the there's, where here in Europe. Yeah. Way more measured. I mean, it just makes a little bit more sense. Way more sense. So if the, if if. If your entire reason to keep abortion legal is so that the people who are in danger of their lives have had some type of incestual relationship or the health of the mother is in danger. And so and therefore it needs to be legal. And that is your whole reason for it. You don't know the numbers. It's less than 1%. We usually have around 1.5. Yeah, most, most abortion is, is uh, elective. Yeah. We have 1.5 to 1.6 million abortions per year in the United States and only 1% are for that, that, that category that most people can agree with. So I have a rant that I want to say Please about, do. about this and other social issues, but I'm going to say it cheerfully. Cause I, I actually feel cheerful about this rant. Um, some of you listeners know me and some of you know my, my history. So like I, I grew up a family of people that sang and danced, right? Uh, I had a family band. I think we <laughs> talked about that. And then as I grew up, a lot of my family has done creative things. I have, a, I have a brother who's a filmmaker. I had another brother who was an actor in college. I had a sister who's a really talented singer. Um, and, uh, and, the, and my whole family is pretty funny, right? Like right. I, I started a comedy group in college. One of my brothers joined the comedy group, so he's really funny. Oh, like, I didn't know you had a brother in it. Yeah, yeah. He, he could do these amazing impersonations. He's really solid on that stuff. But he's also really funny. Um, anyway, um, I'm saying all this to say... And then I've gone on to have a creative life. Like I, I worked in film uh, uh, marketing distribution. Um, I actually produced, a, I wrote and directed a cartoon. Uh, I, I make uh, make video games. All that to say, there's a there's an underlying uh, criticism of of people who this particularly around um, LGBTQ rights and and issues, right? And around things like abortion, right? The the underlying the underlying thing that they say sometimes overtly and sometimes just kind of snickering is like that we lack imagination <laughs> that we can't imagine like a case for LGBTQ issues that we can't imagine what people are going through that we can't imagine abortion because we were just raised by cloistered, uh, you know, fundamentalist religious types who walked right. around, uh, like, you know, like, I don't know, we didn't have electricity or something. And I just think it's really funny that <laughs> like, guys, on our hats. I guarantee you, I, I don't care who's listening. I guarantee you 
that I have a very solid imagination. <laughs> and I can imagine a world where all of these things have no consequence. They're perfectly meaningless. That all the societal changes will result in daisies and butterflies and, and, and birds that land on your shoulder and whisper things in your ear. And you can just have the happiest consequence-free life from all the changes that you're proposing. 100% top to bottom soup to nuts. I'm telling you, I can imagine it. And now I think turnabout is fair play. So now I want to ask a question to all those people who think the people who are trying to protect historical ways of doing things lack imagination. And now I want to ask you something. Can you imagine what the world is going to be like if we wreck things like families? Can you imagine down the road what it would be like if there was no one to turn to in your darkest moments? If mothers and fathers were disassociated with children, if children gathered with other children and just lived together in communal living, if there was no system to provide like shelter and food and love to the people we bring into this world, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it will be like in a world where in the name of reproductive health, we stop having kids and we just have a bunch of dual income, no kids couples around the world just spending all their time trying to save money for their next cruise. Can you imagine? Because these things are starting to happen. The, the families are starting to be less common and children are starting to be less common. And I can imagine a catastrophic world where no kids are made. It's starting to happen in countries in Europe, it's starting to happen in Asia. And uh, I got to tell you, the consequence, because I have a great imagination, I can look down the road and see that it will be doom. So I, I feel pretty good about my imagination. And I feel pretty good about what I'm trying to protect. And uh, that's my cheerful rant. Hey, that was a very so, cheerful rant. Very no, good look, job. I'm literally smiling because my favorite is when somebody so much less uh, creative than me is telling me that I lack imagination. I'm just like, that's fun. That's a fun time. So I have a different side of that coin, <laughs> no, which is that's really arrogant. Let me see say. if I could do this cheerily, right? Uh, do it so cheerfully. I told you on air before. I like the 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 um, franchise of Law and Order. I just always have. Yeah. Bum, and normally bum, bum, they. Bum. I imagine that you and Dick Wolf would be good friends. Right? <laughs> Me and Mr. Wolf. Dun, dun. So we need I've to always... get that sound here because we're doing sound effects now. Dun, dun. Fun... I forget what it's called. Dun, dun. It's like, it's like, it's like a, I don't even oh, know. Oh, the in-between dun. scenes yes. sound. Yes. And there's always like the sound of prisons. Like, I don't know. What can you do for me? Get me out of this place. Get me out of this place. <laughs> Depends. You get to cooperate. So there's, there's <laughs> normally I like them because they, they do tackle like the uh, ideas of the day or the, the controversy of the, of the day. Sure. Yeah. And, and most of the time, or at least in the past, they've kind of been fairly measured. Yeah. Right? No, they're usually like, some people think this, some people think that. Yeah. No there's big deal. There's like the liberal DA who's always on that side. And then there's Lenny Briscoe, the tough cop who can't take that kind of crap. Right. Yeah. I hear right. Well, so I, and I'm okay with it. Right. Sure. It doesn't, it's not people. always super balanced, but it's okay to me. Regular people talking about right. real issues. Right. So the funny one was I told in the last, in the episode last I talked about that was this abortion thing where they made these religious people out to be nuts and everybody that was super reasonable, right, was where the people that were like, oh no, abortion needs to be safe and blah, blah, blah. So in this last episode that I just watched. Yeah. 
they had uh they find the body of a woman who had been in one of the the lakes at uh Central Park. And when they pulled it out, like, oh, it's this person that was she goes missing on September 10th, 2000, right before the towers. And oh. so no one really investigated. Right, cuz right. they're like we got a whole other thing going on over here. Right, so they so now the 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 very progressive people that were arguing the rights of a woman now are going down to the coroner to get coroner and to get some information. Right. And at the thing, they learned the saddest thing, which was the 14 year old girl was pregnant. Okay. And then they show a picture of the tiny little bones of this and the skull of the little baby and like second okay. trimester. This sounds so sad, yeah. but then they're incensed that the baby is a victim. But so to me, they put, in, <laughs> yeah. They, get, yeah. I, to your point, yes. we being smarter than they, <laughs> yes. this is the subject of your decision. They're yes. talking, but they talked about how many weeks old this baby was, right? And the number of weeks old, it was early second trimester, which is legal abortion time in the state of New York. So this baby that they're incensed about, right, that they're trying to fight, figure a way to have two murders pinned on whoever right. the person is yeah. and how terrible this was and how oh, yeah. the victims were both of these people, yeah. right? And in the same show, shows two episodes ago or three episodes ago, it was they're arguing the other side of it. Yeah, man. Look, I, uh, I so like abortion is one of those things that is so terrible, in my opinion. That that I and was always going to be legal because of Roe v. Wade. That I literally try not to spend time thinking about it or talking about it because if you really dig into it, it's so terrible and it so is sad. Terrible. And it's sad. It's sad. So so I just have so I only have literally one thing to say. Like someone can march in here and say my body, my choice, and they can say and and by the way, these are we're two dudes who care about freedom of choice. We actually believe in freedom of choice, literally. Like that's a really important thing to us. So they come in here, give me your whole speech, top to bottom, and they're and, and I'll be like, great. And then I'll just go to where the the one thing, the one argument they can never win because it's not winnable. I know it's a trap, but I'm gonna just say it. Like, cool, you're saying all those things. That's fine. When does life begin? <laughs> when does it begin? If answer that question, and then we'll put a dot in that part of a pregnancy, and then after that dot, no abortions. And the answer is, we don't have to answer that. Why don't you have to answer that? Like, I'm pretty sure that the baby wants you to answer that. You know what I mean? Like, when does it begin? Yeah, like, when is it a baby versus I, So you're saying I have no imagination. Right. I, and I'm asking you. All right. Use uh, your imagination. Use your imagination. At what point is this not just a medical procedure? By the way, reproductive health. I mean, come on. Like, they use, they use the most amazing language construction but they won that battle they, they won the, the language battle. well because they're calling it pro-choice too not pro-death yeah, they, not, they, not pro they won the battle but so, so here's the interesting thing that i've always thought about roe v wade roe v wade in the 70s health like reproductive death yeah or reproductive <laughs> rights or rights to privacy all things yeah, that yeah, were yeah. not in the constitution anyway yeah. that's not the point to, to me i thought the point was that there were they were literally going from two ends right so i don't know if you saw but or you've seen these case laws that kind of come down, right? Euthanasia was a big deal for a while, right? So you're working at the other end of life, right? At what point at the other end of life can you choose to kind of like go out on your own terms? Yeah, which by the way... Legally. Which by the way, I think it's politically correct. And I, I've been saying, I'm trying to be politically neutral on this. I think a lot of people can be sympathetic to a lot of situations for euthanasia. I can. 
Well, I'm sympathetic. Well, though. yes. So whatever. Okay. So but that's another. Religion, that's a, that's a different. I think dis- I'd be straight in, uh, in on it. That's a. It's a different <laughs> subject. But <laughs> okay. The, at the end of the day, the question is, is that you know, so that that was a big deal for a while, and and the age and and the conditions of which it's legal in certain states has come, you know, quite. It could be you could be whenever you want to, and, sure, and yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter if your doctor is right or wrong, as long as your doctor tells you, right? right. So that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is medical, right? Technology's gotten better, so the viability of a fetus at a younger age well, of a baby, of a baby, I, don't, I refuse that language. Okay, <laughs> uh, the viability of a baby outside of the womb at a younger age is getting more. So you can create a baby now in a test tube, which you couldn't do in the seventies. In the seventies, when we were born, right? Yeah. My mom. So I have four brothers yeah. that my mother had, and a fifth brother who we adopted. And of those four, I shouldn't say four brothers. There are four boys and the, uh, four boys that my mother had. My The third pregnancy, she didn't know if she was having a boy or a girl. They didn't have ultrasound technology back then. Right. She has the baby. And the doctor says, oh, there's another one in there. You, the, oh. She had twins. Wow. Okay, so hello, people. In today's society, <laughs> you would never not know that you were having twins. Right. You would never not know. Because of the way technology is. But back then, they didn't even have any of this technology when Roe v. Wade was, was done. Yeah. And the, the law said within this trimester and this trimester, it is legal. And in this trimester, it's not based on the idea that, what, that the baby can live outside of the womb. And therefore, yeah. well, yeah. that technology changed. Yeah. And so if we're continually changing technology, if you believe that at some point you can actually clone a baby and create that life outside of the womb entirely. Well, then Roe Wade literally becomes bad case law. No, I know. I, I'm with you. And so, look, and I think to go further on this topic is just again, as I mentioned, this is a really heavy topic, and it's kind of sad. So it is sad. But wait, I but have I, a question. But I want. Okay, you can ask me a question. But I want okay. to say, like, this is an example of things that everyone thinks will never change can change. And, and you need to always have, have a grasp on your moral center because things around you will change. Go ahead. Okay, so here's my question. Is it actually going to be overturned? Because this was just a leak of a draft. Uh, I think so. Do you think it's a five to three decision? It could be five, four. Uh, it's, no, it's there's five, only four. eight justices. What? There's only eight justices on this one. Why? Because one retired before it was, he was replaced. Uh, only eight sure? justices heard this. I think. I think only. I don't eight. think so. No, no. This is gonna be a nine. It's gonna be a nine. It's gonna be five four. I think Roberts is gonna join the liberals, and it's gonna be a five four decision. Okay. So then the next question is, why was it leaked? You and I have a different opinion on this, but. Oh yeah, it's funny. Uh, I mean, I think it was obviously leaked to try and uh, hector and harass the conservative judges into into reducing the overturned nature of it, and, and to soften the overturning, say overturn parts of it, leave parts of it intact. I think they're trying to pressure the court to I, change. The, I think the leftists leaked it to pressure the conservatives in the court to to soften their stance. And I think it was leaked to uh, whip up uh, enough fervor amongst the crazies to come out and vote for liberals in the election. Of, oh no, I agree with that too. Yeah, I see. I, I think, agree with that too. One hundred percent. That's. You can tell I think that's the main lead. no, because they have all these staged events. So I like someone I saw this circulated the other day on Twitter. There was like, please come out for this Roe v. Wade protest, and in like the in the notes there was stipends available. What are 
What are stipends, William? Payment. Yeah. They're paying people to protest. That's a con- that's a campaign event. And they have them dressing up like that nonsense show on Hulu, that made up nonsense show. Uh, yeah. And so they are, they're dressed up in these weird red robes that no one wears because that's a made up show, FYI. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you can't even imagine what life would be like under crazy conservatism. I'm like, I, all I have to do is watch Hulu and I can see what you guys imagine. Anyway, meanwhile, you know what we're doing? We're going to, we're, we're just going to go to the beach. And, uh, hey, okay, but I, so, so well, actually, wait. you know what? We're stomping lead. I want to go on. And, oh, I'm going to use this as a segue. And wait, not, I want to ask one more question. Okay, one more question. One more question is that, do you think it will work? No. I don't think so either. I think that they're going to get trumped in November and this is a nothing issue. This is a giant nothing burger. I don't think people think that their no. ability to have an abortion if you live in California is going to change and it's not. No, I mean, they're trying to get riots going because they want riots because they, they're trying to make it relevant because it's not, it's not polling relevant right now. But that's not even why. Like, at the end of the day, all people care about is, is my regular life getting messed with? everybody's regular life is getting messed with by inflation. Yep. Everybody. It is so bad. It is so bad. So, so bad. bad. I, I mean, like, I don't know if you know, you know that our electric bills are going to go way up, right? You don't know this. No. No, we're going up 15% this summer. Yeah, I saw, didn't you get that letter or whatever? Yeah, we're getting a letter. It's, we're going up 15% and then, and it's going to go up, uh, and, and then, uh, yeah, so bad. Uh, if you've looked at, uh, <laughs> Trends, the the idea of pro life is be getting a stronger and pro pro choice is beginning. It's literally weaker. getting stronger because the people that are pro life are having babies. <laughs> That's literally a thing. I have an interesting story. I have a friend of mine who uh who I worked with, and he was we, we used to talk about and debate different things. We were talking about abortion one time, and he was like, and I finally came down to I hate saying this because I always think if people say this in a debate, they really haven't done anything. But I did say it in this way. I said, I'll be very interested when you and your wife have a child if your if your view on this changes. Yeah. And he said, It won't, it won't, right? Yeah. Well, you know, fast forward a year or whatever, and he and his wife got pregnant and they had their first ultrasound. Yeah. And he says, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, sure. Do so you remember this time we were talking about, you know, abortion? I'm like, yeah. And, and you said something that I I dismissed. And that was, I wonder if your your opinions are going to change. And he goes, it did. And I'm like, what do you mean? You haven't even had the baby. He says, now we had the first ultrasound. I heard the, I saw, I saw the baby. I saw the, I heard the heartbeat. And he said, I, I cannot hold the position I had before. I'm not saying that I'm full on, you know, against it, but I'm just saying, I have a new reality and my new reality yes. informs me and my new information has changed the way I look at that issue. And I don't think that I can fully support what I was arguing before. Wow. And that's, I was like, well, good for you. Unbelievable. And then I said, well, I wonder if that. it's gonna, I did say, I wonder if it's going to change more. Don't you more. know the rules of modern discourse? You're supposed to never change your mind and you're supposed to insult me and my family. Oh, this was way pre-Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was pre-Trump. Okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> it totally makes sense. <laughs> By the way, I, 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 I said the fair, same thing to him. I said, well, I wonder if it will change any more after the baby's born. And he goes, I don't know, uh, you know, but I'll let you know. And he did. He came in and he says like, yeah, it's even, he goes, before it was just, a thought of inconsistency in my mind. Now it's a full on, I'm full on. I cannot support it. I cannot hold that baby. I cannot tell yeah. you that this should be ever terminated. Ever. I cannot do it. Look, so, okay. So I was gonna, now I was going to turn the positive. Yeah. One of the things I hate about the abortion discussion is it allows the other side to, de- to define the, what we're talking about. And what we're talking about is like sad or sadder, right? Right. Okay. So let's do the positive. Yay. 
if you if you can, if health allows it, I encourage everyone listening to get married and have kids. It's the greatest. It is the greatest. <laughs> oh yeah, you had a graduation. You went to yeah. the graduation. Yeah. How was it? Dude, it was great. And I you went, did your podcast with your mother, which means did, you are which made yeah, which was also great. Right. Like uh I'm having all these really great family experiences lately. Now, I also know, like I acknowledge that Should I Should I tell over the air that my mom's not off the hook? No, yeah, for sure. That's coming, me. mom. Yeah. I gotta teach when you, you don't live in the middle of nowhere and you can have some consistent uh, you, Inter- uh internet access. Internet access, we're doing it. <laughs> Actually, I have one regret about the thing that I did with my mom. I think it would have been interesting to have you there. I think I think doing. I wanted to be, but I think that the 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 way the format worked for that. Well, maybe we'll do it again. The vibe was really nice to talk to my mom. It was nice, but I think it would be really interesting if you had thrown curveballs in there. I think it would be a lot of fun. (laughs) Tell me about Randy's really (laughs) nodding side. (laughs) Oh, she can talk. Uh, So the secret having kids is is. But here's the thing about having kids: it's so crazy. Um. It isn't, you, there's no promises. Like, that's what's crazy about having kids. It is a blind box. Do you guys know what a blind box is? Yeah. The, there, there's, like, in, in uh, toys these days, there's a certain kind of toy you can buy where you don't know what you're going to get. It's a blind box. Right. You, so you, you buy the toy. I always, th- you, I always think of it from the, that game show. You mm-hmm. can have that curtain, that curtain, or open this box. Or open this box, right? Well, that's a huge thing in, in video games in Japan. It's also a huge thing in real games in Japan. Like they have these giant, uh, you know, the, you know those claw machines with toys. Yeah, they actually that is a, is a huge phenomenon in Japan, and they have blind boxes in those machines, and they they actually have adult claw machine like play places where you can go in and there's giant claw. I've machines. seen where they turn the actual person into a claw, and yeah. then they drop them That's into the toy things and whatever yeah. they can grab. Anyway, parenting is a blind box because you. You don't know what you're going to get. Like just today, like I woke up, but I'm like, is my kid going to be grouchy or happy? No, oh, yeah. be, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. Oh yeah. And, uh, but, um, but in a lot of ways, your wife is a blind box in the morning. Well, there's that too. Yes. And are you talking about my wife or are you talking about wives? Generally? Just wives in general. Well, cause that's, cause for sure it's true about my wife. <laughs> for sure it's true about my wife. My wife was awake this morning when I, you know, I get up at yeah. like three 30 in the morning. So I go and exercise and come back and she was awake and I'm like, Oh, hi. And she goes, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> you're way too happy in the morning. I'm like, well, I'm not going to see you. Uh, you know, you're going like, go away. Blind box. Blind okay. box. But in the same way that blind boxes can provoke incredible joy and occasional despair, depending on what you open, despair. like kids can provoke despair from time to time. But man, like the sublime moments are sublime. They're just so great. What's the most surprising moment you had as, as a father? Most surprising moment. Yeah, surprising. Like, I didn't expect this. Well, I've, early on, so it, let's do the blind box theme for a minute. Early on, there were there were some disappointments. Um, I was surprised that, like, all the things I expected to do as a dad, like, were not interesting to my oldest kid. So he's like, I don't really want to learn how to ride a bike. I don't really care if we play catch. I don't really like all these things. Right. Like, I was like, that was unexpected. But then, um, so that was like a bummer. Uh, but then, you know, we got along. It's not like I don't have beef with my son. I'm just saying that we, it was not what I expected. But then the big surprise is now he's like an adult. He loves all the things that I love. 
and calls me to talk about all those things. Like, hey, I was playing this video game and I saw this. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Hey, I watched this movie. This performance was kind of outrageously great. Yeah. And we could talk. We literally talk for like an hour a week, just like on the phone, talking about cool Oh, cool that's crap. so awesome. It's so awesome. So but like, you did not have that. When I first, well, I mean, you know, I've, I've known your wife for a long time, but when I first met you guys, uh, when you moved here to, uh, up to uh, Valencia area, yeah, that relationship wasn't like that. I mean, he was kind of a, kind of a, not, I want to say grumpy. To me, he was a great teenager. He's fine. He was a regular teenager, yeah. but like to us, he wasn't very communicative and he was hyper independent. And I think he gets it from his mother. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my mom's yelling at the, she's yelling at the phone right now. Oh no, 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 no. I know about independence. <laughs> um, so, but, so that goes to my, the greatest surprise. The greatest surprise to me was that, um, uh, that I don't actually form my kids all that much, that they come out pretty well cooked, like 85% done. Oh, yeah. So you and I disagree in that. But <laughs> I, I want to say my first surprise, okay. and then we can go back to sure, yeah, how yeah. they cook. Yeah, yeah, yours. My biggest surprise was, um, I was explaining, a friend, of a close friend of mine right now is pregnant. And well, he's not pregnant. His wife is pregnant. Sure. And he's, he's like really excited, very yeah. excited. And yeah, his could... mother's very excited. Oh, and yeah, everybody's yeah. excited around him. And I said, you don't even know yet. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, there's, I'm like, do you love your wife? And he's like, yeah, I love my wife. You love your wife more than anyone else? Yes. You won't. <laughs> and he looks at me. I'm like, that was the biggest surprise to me. The holding my first child. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't because that child was different from all the rest. The, the feeling, it was just the surprise of the feeling. Yeah. I remember holding my child for the first time, just crying, not knowing or have ever felt a feeling like this before. It was a feeling of love of unconditionality. Is that a real word? Sure. Just an unconditional love that I just didn't know existed. And it was, that was my biggest shock. And I honestly sat there crying, holding this baby and thinking to myself, I was embarrassed. And the embarrassment was I had no freaking idea how much my mother loved me. I just didn't know. Yeah. I just had no clue, no, no box idea. for it, no, no understanding. Idea. And so to me, that's the biggest surprise. There's been tons of surprises along there, but that one shocked me so to the core that it actually changed everything. I actually think no politician, there should be no politicians eligible for public office. They do not have children. I kind of, I mean... I kind of agree with you. I mean, like, I don't know if I agree with you that actually should be law, but notionally, the notion that you have no idea what the states are. Yeah, you have are, no idea. Don't tell and me. And do you know that, like, several of the world's leading politicians right now are childless? Yes. Several. Tons of like, them. Like, most, the, most of them in Europe and, 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 and now in the United States, you know, Kamala is, has a stepchild, but she doesn't have a child. And, yeah, um, but I'll, I'll give you stepchild because I know people that can get close to that. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. close enough. And listen, I, uh, Two things. One, I want to shout out to all of our friends out there who can't have kids because like th th this is a really big deal. We're talking. I, the reason we're talking so much about it is because there's so much talk about not having. It. Yeah, I don't want to be insensitive about it because certainly I know lots of people like our friend that just passed away. I mean, she 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 was a mother to many people, right. uh, not biological and right, not right, right. legally, but she was um, she acted. No, so. look, it, it, I don't mean to be I, flippant I, I don't, about yeah, it. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to throw right. stones at at that situation. Right. But I do feel the need to kind of stand up to the rest of society that's talking all about individual freedoms and and not talking at all yeah. about this really great thing that you can have do you think you can really understand the abortion issue if you haven't had a child or it, uh, 
Okay. No, you can't. Well, so, so related. Your imagination. So related. Not so I, I haven't jumped in on you on your take on abortion or on on your take on childhood, on, on holding your first. Like I didn't sob and control me when I held my kid for the first time. But I tell you what's what is a related idea to both of those things that that is true to this day, which is, I <clears throat> I immediately changed an episode of Law and Order after I had a kid that involved hurting a kid. Oh yeah. Immediately. Oh yeah. Like, I, and to this yep. day, if there's a theme where like an innocent child is yep. being hurt, like to this yep. day, it's too painful. I can't watch yep. that show. I can never watch a movie where the uh, the beginning of it says his family was killed and then he goes after revenge. For whatever reason, I can't watch that on screen. And I agree with you. It happened after. It happened after you have kids. Yeah, I, I, I don't it's, like it. Uh, it is, it's too it uncomfortable. Is, there's something really magic about that um, awareness. And that's like if that's a godly instinct, and I believe that it is, so imagine what it's what it's like to be God, to be looking down on earth and looking at the number of things that we do to each other and just being like, oh, I mean, because that means he has a full measure of whatever instinct that is that you and I have. And he just feels unbelievable. Oh, grief I like that idea. When a we full suffer. measure. Unbelievable like grief when we, when we do things to hurt each other and unbelievable joy when we when we make each other laugh and smile and feel love. Agreed. So anyway. Happy right. times. Happy Have children. Times, man. Get ha married. Ha happy times. So uh, my son graduated from college. It was beautiful. We had a great time. We came back and my other son went to prom. That was a little more dramatic, but it ended up being beautiful. Um, <laughs> I heard that was dramatic. <laughs> Which is weird because normally boys don't even get dramatic about it. They just like, no, oh, you got to wear wanna, You know, he, like, he, just, he just wanted to make sure he didn't mess it up. You know what I mean? Like messing it up was. And then w when it became clear that there are a bunch of traditions around like going to prom. That's when he started getting really stressed out. When he thought it was just a blank canvas that he could do whatever he wanted with, he was fine. But when he's like, no, you gotta walk down the aisle, you gotta say this, you gotta do that, you gotta get a corsage. Then he started just like, I could just see the blood boiling in his head. He's like, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> My daughter who also went to prom, not with Max, but went to it with uh, uh, someone else. Uh, she, yeah, it was a big stress thing. Oh, I got for a video of her going time. to the promenade if you wanted to see it. I don't know where you I were. Did. But if you want it, I got oh, it. I was at my son's baseball game. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes. So they have, but it, it, it is, I mean, my goodness, if I, oh, you're, you're, sorry, sorry. So was your she, son, she Lucas, uh, I, I, this is kind of funny because your son, Lucas asked my daughter, Francis uh, to prom way back when. Right. Yes. And I remember what he told your mom. He right wasn't telling your, your mom who he was going to ask, but he said, you know, I've decided to ask a senior girl because they were one year apart in school. I asked, the, I'm going to ask a senior girl that's uh, low drama. And your wife knew my daughter. So she was like, oh, I know who it is. But yeah. Lucas being Lucas, he wasn't going to tell anyone. He wasn't going to tell us. So here's the deal. My other daughter is high drama. I don't mean that in any kind of criticism towards her. She no. just really, really, really cares about like things being right. Yeah. Whereas my other daughter's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to prom. Yeah. You know, well, if, if I'm not going to prom, I am going to prom. You know, she's just always been a very low maintenance kind of person in that sense. Yeah. She feels it internally, but you don't see it externally. But man, my daughter, you know, was much, much like Max, like every minute, you know, oh, wait, these shoes don't work with this dress. Oh, this dress isn't fitting in this way. Or my hair is the worst part was she'd gotten a, she wanted to get a haircut a couple of weeks before so that she'd so be that prepared. Grow out. And she'd be right. Ready for so it. she could work, learn to work with it, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And she got a haircut from a new person, which is always a mistake, and cut it in a way that she felt like ruined her hair. And my daughter loves her hair. It was fine. Her hair looked great. 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't, it was so, it was so, so, so traumatizing to her Yeah, that she was so physically upset. I was literally looking at her hair, thinking to myself, I don't know what's different. <laughs> I could not tell the difference. Yeah. And my wife's like, oh she yeah. Has, she has really big hair, voluminous yeah. hair. She has luminous Like I saw her. Hair. So she was actually at a church thing once where she had her hair up and straight up. I'm like, is, they just announced that as Matt. Is that Maddie? Yeah, <laughs> like I legit like yeah. oh, I, yeah. I like scrutinized your face. I'm like, no, that's her. Every once in a while, she'll she straighten so... her hair, and we're like, what the? <laughs> what the? What? You know, it's interesting. She was straight hair all the way up until puberty, and then all of a sudden yeah. turned no, into with me. curly, huge hair. I had hair that would go straight out, and now it's curly and kind of puffs out. Yeah. Hey, uh, all right. So after prom, we had waffles at our house, and I, I, I got this is where we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a couple of food plugs here. Oh, graduation food plug number one. So Ooh. you know how I love food. Right? Yes, I know how you love. Okay, food. so there's two different ways that food can be great. Okay? Yes, there is bacon. Um, I this is new, and it's a, a combination of flavors I've never tasted before, and it's amazing. That's one way, right? And that's the way we've talked about where I go to these Michelin star restaurants right. and try new stuff, right? And whatever. But then the other way is what I'm going to call the Williams uh, uh, Eggs Benedict way, which is something you know very well, and it's just done to excellence. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm with you. Yeah. So, by the way, I did go to Williams. I did have his Eggs Benedict. It was excellent. Okay. So, there's a breakfast place in in Logan, Utah. Now, you're like, breakfast. Breakfast can be really boring, and there's a wide range of, yeah, it's fine. Like, there's a wide range of, yeah, hash browns, eggs, whatever. It's fine. Right. So I went to this place called Crumb Brothers. If you're in Logan, I recommend you go. If you're near Logan, I recommend you you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would drive up to an hour and a half. That much? Not for a daily breakfast, but for one time, I would yeah, yeah. I, w- I would drive to occasion. this place. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So I went to Crumb Brothers. My son recommended it. And I was like, because so here's the deal. I realized that I'm like, okay, if we're in Logan during graduation, all the dinner places are going to be full of these dinner whatever's with family for graduation right? right so i'm like let's flip the script and let's do something different let's go to breakfast instead i'm like what's a sit down place we can go to breakfast i was imagining some sort of fancy whatever i can raise a toast anyway he's like let's go to crumb brothers so i google it and it's a walk-up counter order at the counter situation right and i'm like oh no i was thinking something a little more fancy and my son was just like we're going to crumb brothers trust me I'm like, all right, fine. So we go, we stand in line. It's not a fancy situation. But 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 first, the place is kind of nice. Right. Like it's it's got this country chic, you know, right. as the chalkboard menus, but then the it's got its own building. It's kind of there's lots of glass. It's a little bit modern. I'm like, okay, this is nice. So we order the counter and, and I'm looking at the counter and like this is what I order because only because my son said it was good. It was a brioche uh breakfast sandwich. So it's brioche, eggs, bacon, got it, whatever, cheese. And I'm like, sounds a lot like a regular sandwich. <laughs> sounds like an egg McMuffin. Right? With a fancy yes. name. Okay. So I order it. But then my but my son explains, by the way, this is this got famous. This is this used to be just a bakery. Just FYI. Right. So then over the side, there's like a bread of the day. And the bread of the day is like this herb encrusted, whatever the whatever, get a slice of bread. So I'm like, I'm trusting my son. I'm ordering the McMuffin Brioche. sandwich. And I and I'm like, oh, by the way, I'd like a slice of bread. Okay. All this to say. The sandwich comes and it's so good. <laughs> Not for being new, but for being excellent. Do you know what I'm saying? Really? So the brioche is, is super soft, but right. a little bit tap, tap hard on the outside. Right. And then the bacon was thick cut and pepper, pepper, whatever. Crusted, yeah. Yeah. And then the eggs, the egg was the one thing where I'm like, I don't know that they do eggs all that well, but didn't matter because it was still tasted great. 
And then um, I forgot what else was there. It was cheese or something else. Anyway, it was excellent. But then I got the slice of bread. Now you're like, a slice of bread, Randy. We're going to talk about a slice of bread? Yes, we Seriously. are. Seriously. Yeah. Because it was that double baked thing where like the exterior. So it was thin cut. Right. And it was like a, it had like the texture of a sourdough. But it wasn't sour. Right. And it had like a, 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 and then the crust was like double baked kind of a deal. So it was right. like the crust was really hard. Right. And had a bunch of like uh, poppy seeds and sesame seeds and all this other stuff on the outside. And then one side had a thin layer of butter. Bro, it was good bread. <laughs> so I'm a big fan. I would go to Crumb wow. Brothers for breakfast. I will go to Crumb Brothers for breakfast because my other son's decided to go to Utah State. And I'm excited to go to Crumb Brothers for breakfast. So I recommend. Wait, Logan, uh, uh, Lucas has decided for Utah yeah, State? Yeah, he's going to Utah State. Because that changes quite a bit with him. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's all over the place. We'll see, we'll see what for he him. sticks with. But uh, currently, it's Utah State. Good for him. Business school, currently. Awesome. Yeah, fun. That's awesome. That's yeah. good food. Good food. I ha- I have not, I've had some good vegetables lately. <laughs> when I went to Washington, actually, I kind of like ditched the diet because I'm like, first of all, that side of, did I tell you about this? Like you're, we're only 40 minutes from, from Seattle. Yeah. And Seattle has great restaurants in Seattle. Proper. I've actually had some excellent breakfast in Seattle. Seattle yeah, they have, really they have some great stuff in Seattle proper. Yeah. But this is across the sound and it, it was like in one of those places where I've had this happen before. My Just wife down and I. Home Americana. Yeah, like, it's, it's Americana. There's no vegetables anywhere. Diner. Yeah, yeah, no vegetables. Yeah. And so we took these two little ladies who was helping, who had been helping my wife out to out to uh, to lunch. Yeah. And we're like, where do you want to go? We're like, oh well, over here there's only this place. We love it. We're we'll go there. It's just a diner. It's just like <laughs> regular. <laughs> yeah, it's Denny's, whatever. I'm like, well, whatever. So I love, I love biscuits and gravy. But okay. I'll be honest with you. I've gotten to a point where I really haven't found one that's like off the no, chart. No, there, there haven't been any biscuits and gravy innovations in a while. <laughs> well, it's not even innovations. It's just kind of like, I don't know. It doesn't feel, it feels like I could do that one good. It feels like maybe that's one of my, I should start I feel doing. like you could just do that without trying though. That's the thing. No, no, I don't think so. I think that a good pepper sausage gravy I think is going to, it's kind of like a good hollandaise sauce. You think hollandaise sauce is easy to make and it ain't. No, hollandaise is hard to make, but I, I gotta, I, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that the boundaries, I think innovation is the only way you can make biscuits and gravy. The only way you can plus it. Well, okay. So I bet if you gave me your average diner biscuits and gravy and an excellent biscuits and gravy that you did, and I think blindfolded, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, they're both good. Oh, then now you're just <laughs> challenging me. The problem I'm is, how am you. I going to test it? No, like I, I don't know. Like my would, my, would my eggs Benedict kind of was my eggs Benedict was completely like evolved through no, my listen, through non-biotic There's a difference between term. there's a difference between a good, uh, is it coddled egg? What do we call, what do you call it? Poached, uh, poached egg and a bad poached egg. And there's a difference between, but there's no difference between good. I mean, good gravy no, and bad gravy is like within the relevant range. No, no, no. There's not. Come on, that's like saying brown gravy is like <laughs> just brown my, gravy. I just got through giving a speech about how regular food yeah, can be amazing. No, I'm, I reject you. I I yeah. accept your previous premise of that an okay, egg sandwich can uh, be amazing. I want to double down. Then I don't want I don't want you to get good at, at, at biscuits and gravy. I want you to give me a corned beef hash that's amazing. <laughs> Let's get older and weirder. <laughs> corned beef. Hash. I want you to give me a Jewish an, an excellent cream of wheat <laughs> that's what i want <laughs> cream of wheat my, we used to eat that as a kid you know what i eat I know, actually my, my folks are old so i've eaten all the old people foods i do uh, cream of buckwheat gravy, corned beef hash and uh and and, and cream of wheat cream of buckwheat is one of my like staple things that i eat in the day 
All right. Well, because I have buckwheat, and then what I do is I add blueberries and then goji berries. Do you I know what goji berries? I have a weird take about vegetables, by the way. You don't like, like them. I never want uh, broccoli, but for some reason, roasted broccoli, like where it's kind of burnt. Like oh no, it. it's good. I like it a lot. That's the same thing with Brussels sprouts. Yeah, I I you quit get Brussels sprouts. Crisp. I blame Disney for this because I got over Brussels sprouted at Disney because the no. Disney cafeteria would serve it all the time. So I I decided that I will no longer ever eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> But uh, but I've been there. I know. Okay. I know. I have a roasted Brussels sprout. I know that thing. there is such a thing as good Brussels sprouts. Okay, I have a roasted Brussels sprouts recipe that I think you'd really like. It's Brussels so. sprouts with I, with a honey and um, a honey uh, sriracha glaze. Oh, you know what's never good? Super yummy. Jackfruit. I've never had. You know, one. it's also it almost never good. It's only good in one one iteration. Eggplant. What's the iteration, William? Eggplant? Oh, uh, Baba Ganoush. Baba Ganoush. It's, it's, egg, Baba, eggplant's only good for Baba Ganoush. I'm with you there. A- and, and, uh, and it is good. And in Baba chickpeas Ganoush. are only good for hummus. Nah. There's I'm no a, other. There's I've no had other chickpeas purpose. in other. No, chickpeas, they use it a lot in Indian food. I like Indian food. Yeah, there's no other good purpose for chickpeas. Have you had um, korma? Like fish korma or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you like that? I mean, except for the chickpeas. <laughs> well, it's you, no, the chickpea batter. It's it's a batter. I like it better. It's got a but it's got a I different guess, texture to it. I, so is it a? It's like a thin hummus. Yeah, all the korma and all the korma in Indian food is like it's a it's the batter that around is it, it mashed that's korma. It's a it's, it's it's instead of using flour, they use chickpea. They use mashed chickpeas. Yeah, it's a flour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that iteration. I'm just saying that I don't like. Oh, I so don't like a, a solid chickpea ever. Have you ever had a, a fried chickpea? I have. How about a corn nut? I've had it a tastes corn like nut. A, a chickpea tastes like a corn nut. <laughs> uh, you know a lot more about vegetables than I do for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> so, William, whenever you're ready to go off the reservation on your on your diet, I'm glad you're back on your diet. I want you to live forever. Uh, but I for for after prom, we made we made waffles that are from okay. So, friends. Are you familiar with Liege waffles? Liege. No. Did you say something in France? Liege waffles. Liege. Are you familiar with Liege waffles? No. Have you ever had a Liege waffle? I don't even know what a Liege <laughs> waffle is. Okay. Like, we're kind of late. How do you spell it? We're kind of late. I'm going to pitch this to you. Now, I, I'm going to get mean because this is a mean day. Apparently, I'm going to say all the things. Like, I, okay. Why is this getting mean? I, because I'm about, to, I'm about to crap on waffle love. Okay. There's oh, yeah, a place, I don't like it. There's a place called Waffle Love. Not okay? a fan. It got famous the same time as a Liege Waffle place in, in Utah got famous called Bruges Waffles. Bruges is a place. Is this French, by the way? Uh, Probably. I don't know. It's, Everything. It's, in- no, it's it's north of France. What are you, uh, Netherlands? Netherlands? Dutch? North of France? Dutch? I don't know. Okay. There's this place called, look it up, Bruges. B-R-U-G-E-S. Okay. Belgium. Belgium. Okay. Okay. There's this place uh, in Belgium where they have street waffles. That are liege waffles, okay? L-I-E-G-E. Okay. I'm telling you this because you're thinking waffles. You're thinking breakfast in the morning, maple syrup, and whipped cream. I'm telling you, there's a different kind of waffle in the world. It's a yeast-based waffle with tons of butter. Okay. And it's not a breakfast meal. It is a it's a dessert treat. And you buy them on the street, and they're little. They're like the size of a softball, and they're flat, and they're yeast-based. And they often have cinnamon. They usually have vanilla. And they come with toppings. So, like, chocolate toppings, like, yeah, you know, I see this. F- fresh I fruit. See even uh, fresh uh, fruit with uh, ice fresh, cream. Ice cream. Okay. They are so good. 
I cannot tell you how good they are. The first time I had them, I had them in a place in Salt Lake City. I actually uh, put it on some uh, blog somewhere. Oh, no, no, my sister was writing for a blog that I was running, and she wrote about it. And then we had like bunches of people go to that place because of the blog post, so much so that they started, oh, did you read Christy's blog? Yeah, come on in. <laughs> anyway. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. When you go to Utah, if you're in Utah, anybody in Utah, there's a place called Bruges Waffles. And they make great French fries with amazing dipping sauce and amazing waffles. And you should go there and get it's the waffles. It's a Belgian beef stro. Yes. You should go there and get it. It's amazing. Anyway, I learned how to make them. And we made them for prom. And it was good. That's the, so that's the end I'm, of the story. I'm very interested. So when you're off the reservation, let me know. Give me, I, it's no, gonna give me a day's warning or something. Because it's kind of a hassle. I got to do the yeast and all that stuff. But just tell it's going to change your life. <laughs> tell me anytime. Because I'll just have to. I just prepare. You just prepare? Yeah. I just like, oh, okay. I, I just just bring a like a truckload of insulin. No, I just prepare like the day before. Like I'll eat real clean that day, and then all right, because we need to do it. Because I gotta I have, tell you, my favorite restaurant in the great. world is like I love uh, Dintai Fun, which is just oh, I love just, the place. That's that's really great. And uh, so if I know I'm going to Dintai Fun, or if I, you know, there's another place. We uh, speaking of uh, Baba Ganoush. Baba Ganoush. The, uh, I have some. There's the this place at home. I have to go eat that. That we order in food at our office every once in a while, and it's a Persian place. And we, oh yeah, always... Rachel will bring home leftovers occasionally. Yes. So whenever we go, whenever I know we're going to eat that, and then I just you know I'll eat real clean in the morning or something, make sure that I have enough room in my diet for it. Well, great, great. It's not a diet, by the way. For you people out there, I think I'm trying to lose weight. I'm not trying to lose weight. No, that's not my purpose. My no. purpose is not to die. Not dog is a good reason to eat different. By the way, your uh, Burgess Belgian beef stroke is voted best French fries. No, dude. The, okay, so the French fries are actually fine because they have a street fry flavor, but they're not really crispy. Kind of little, they're a little soggy. But what's amazing, the reason that it's best French fries is he has like 10 different kinds of aioli sauce that you dip the Ooh. fries in. And dude, they're so, they're so good. Like, I'm like, now I'm, I'm mad that I can't have it. When did aioli? They overexpanded. Like so they, there was one of them. And then they expanded to like five and they've contracted to like three again. So they overexpanded. So it's not just California where, or, oh, you're talking about their locations. Their locations. I thought, I so they, have one, oh, they have one in the new giant airport. Oh, really? So you should go. They have one in the new giant airport and you have to walk by it because they don't have the second tunnel. You should go next time you're in the Salt Lake airport. I'm telling you, you'll be happy you did. I love the memes of that place. By the way, they have a food truck too. There's one in downtown and one in Sugar House in Salt Lake. Oh, they would do really well with the food truck. That makes sense. It looks great. It's really great. Grass-fed, pasture-raised lamb. Oh, I haven't had any of their meat stuff. They expanded it into actual food. And I don't know or care about Voted that. Voted best fries of Utah French fries. I don't know or care about that. I was there when they expanded into fries, and they were it was legit. But uh, but frick the waffles, man. It's They're voted best fries ever since so then, 2011. So then, okay, so they got famous, and then they're like, oh, you know what else is great? Waffle Love. So, I, friends, I know you're listening. Someone here is loving Waffle Love, and I love you for that. But that's a regular waffle. Like, don't at me with the waffle love. Yeah, but you I don't, don't want to hear about it. I, 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 when I heard about waffle love, my daughter likes it. So whenever I would visit her at school, yeah. I would go and, and like, oh, what do you want this morning? Oh, I don't know. Oh, do you want a waffle love? Yeah. So I'd go get waffle love and I'd bring it home and blah, blah, blah. And I was always kind of like, nah. It's a waffle. Yeah. It wasn't even the waffle. It was just kind of combo stuff. It was like, whatever. <laughs> so Bruges, like they don't even give you regular whipped cream. It's creme fresh, which is to say it's whipped cream with a little bit of uh, sour, what do you call it? Uh, buttermilk in it, and then it's whipped thicker, and it's good, man. I like it. All I'm right, headed. so 
I've pitched different kinds I wanna of foods. I want to try that. I want to try that. So, and the, there's a place I always eat when I'm in Salt Lake, which is Crown Burger. Oh, okay. I love that what place. do you like the Crown? Do you like the pastrami burger? Yes, mm. the Crown Burger. <gasps> I went to Langers. Oh, how did it go? Okay, so there's a place in LA that has a notoriously, uh, it's like a, a, a legacy pastrami sandwich. Correct. Okay, so uh, we were downtown. Uh, By the way, do getting, you have, have you had a lot of pastrami sandwiches? Getting sandwich? their prom outfit. Have you seen the prom outfit yet? I'm gonna show William a picture. Okay, of so have you been? To, have you been to a lot? Have you done a lot of pastrami sandwiches in your day? Yeah, because I, I was on that quest. Remember to get the best grilled Reuben, yes. which isn't technically pastrami, but a lot of people make it with pastrami. Technically, it's corned beef. Right. Um, and so I've eaten a lot. I remember what was the difference between corned beef and pastrami? It's like just one uh, process. Corn. It's just the way you process it. Corned beef. They're both good. Uh, corn. Corned beef. I, I actually looked it up because I wanted to know about the world's best. Corned beef. Corned beef. And uh, what I learned was corned beef is, it's meat that is cured by, roll, you roll a giant slab of meat in, in salt corns. So like, it's like encrusted with corn and that's how it cures. Got it. That's why it's called corned beef. So uh, how did you like Langer's? Okay. So I went to Langer's. How do you rate so it? I'm, gonna, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tee it up like I'm going to hate it. And then you'll see the payoff. Um, so I'm looking it, at Max. There's two different kinds of, of of known restaurants in LA. There's restaurants that are known because they're new and interesting, right? And they do something cool. And then there's ones that are known because they got they did something new and interesting 100 years ago, right? And it's like a historical thing. Right, they do great with and it. And you go there, and it kind of stinks like old Hollywood, and it kind of looks like old Hollywood. They haven't remodeled in 100 years, right? And it's like, is this a diner? Is this like, is that Tarantino sitting it's over there? It's an old happening? Jewish diner, right? Okay, so I go to Langer's, and I actually preface that to Max. I'm like, Max, we're going to go to this place. We're going to try this pastrami sandwich for a Oh, he went with you down there? Yeah, because we were oh, down okay. there getting that, getting uh, his prom outfit. And I, I preface that. I'm like, look, there's two reasons things are famous in L.A. And I give him a little speech. I'm like, this is almost assuredly the old-timey, stinky Hollywood um, kind. I'm like, so we're going to have that experience. The food may or may not be good. We'll see. <laughs> so we go. Stinky Hollywood place. There's like all these like signs up honoring the local police. People aren't all that friendly. They actually carded us for our for our for our vaccinations. I'm like, and I handed them my card and I'm like, are we still doing this? They're like, well, the owner here is. I'm like, fine. We sit down and then I'm like, hey man, I want what you're famous for. He's like, this is the one. And great. So he brings the pastrami sandwich out a little just a short time later. And it's just old timey as can be. Like there's the old coleslaw. There's and the it's old, in a terrible area of Picklewich. downtown. And man, that area of downtown is super sketch. Yeah, it's Ooh. right next to MacArthur Park. It's tor- terrible. It's terrible. Um, so super sketch, right? Everything comes out super sketch. <laughs> I take a bite of that pastrami sandwich, and I'm like, right? hot dang, that right? is a good pastrami yeah. sandwich. I didn't know pastrami so could have that much flavor in it. Right? Like, and it was. Like it was moist. It was like super yeah, moist. Yeah, how do they do that? I don't, I don't know. know how they do it. Yeah, no, it's a. It's, it's a, like it's on a spit I have or a, something. Once I took that pastrami sandwich, which I like pastrami, and yeah. I normally have pastrami. <laughs> I've never thought of it being yeah. moist. I've always thought of it being kind of like a bit of a dry because it's aged. Yeah. Right? I have never been able to think of pastrami. I almost put it in a different category. It, it almost is because I've never had it moist before, right? It's amazing. Okay, so anyway, I don't recommend the place. I don't recommend the restaurant. I don't recommend the neighborhood. I don't or recommend the, service. the price. The yeah, price it was off like the charge. It was like twenty four dollars. Yeah. Like, I got two pastrami sandwiches and I left going, "Wow, that's like I should have warned you the, because the budget well, they're humongous. They're huge. We could have shared. Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. It's really one but, you share. But 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 
That was a great sandwich. It is a great sandwich. <laughs> and it's it one of those really ones good. that gets stuck in your head, too, because then you're like, I got to have one. My mouth is literally watering as we're talking about yeah, it. No. I, uh, like, I, have, <laughs> I haven't had one in a long time, and I'm watering right now. So so we need to, uh, maybe I'll have to go down with you, and we'll have to test it one <laughs> we'll more time. We'll trust it one more time. See, but the they, difference between you and me. They have like four different variations of it. Uh, and I only got the one variation, so there's four other options. I didn't know there were other options, yeah. but I do always switch out. Okay, I don't like rye bread, and you do. I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, don't like the taste of, of rye. Kind of necessary. I don't like rye bread, and it's it's kind of a corn. It's as or a pastrami sandwich, like it's a go-to m- sort of the yeah. the traditional Carnegie Deli kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, which is Carnegie Deli, which does not exist anymore. Did you ever go there? No. That was where I learned pastrami sandwiches. Okay. And they used to pile that meat like yeah so high. Uh, and uh, it was a very but famous see, I've deli to, like, in New York. Arby's and gotten their pastrami sandwich. And they also piled the meat high, but it's kind of dry. Yeah, but that's dry, Arby's. Gross, I don't right? expect much from Arby's. Right. But man, this place. Yeah, it's, it's like great. literally like, did they did they make that themselves? Like I don't know how. No, they do. How do they make their, they make their, their own, own meat. pastrami? They they make their own. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a good, big man. deal. We've talked a lot about uh, nonsense things. So, are there any important issues of the day we need to tackle before we uh, before we call it? Issues of the day, we kind of, kind of, t- oh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter's yeah. not looking so good. So the Twitter acquisition from Elon Musk is right now on he's, hold he's while doing he, his due di- while he, did he his evaluates due how many of the accounts are actually real and how many are fake. Well, the problem was is that Carnegie Mellon, prior to him, right, right around the time that he started talking about buying it, he, that Carnegie Mellon released, uh, I guess, a survey or something that one of the computer science guys did. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we are estimating up to 50 percent of what they what they are of their users right which is how they get their advertising it, yeah. are bots like they're not real people so if you guys if, which would explain guys I, so the reason well, let me let me let me let okay, just explain if you don't know what a bot is let me put it this way when you go and you you're signing up for something they do that checkbox where they say i am not a robot yeah, that's what they mean. A bot like a computer can sign things up and then like create accounts and things like that without any person there. But it can't do cognitive ideas like, hey, find the higher find the fire hydrant in the picture in the blurry, so, in the blurry cam. Picture. Right. So you're you're verifying the idea that you're a, a real person. Twitter has never done the verification that you're a real person. So there's two reasons that people create bots. One is they want to create the aura of influence around themselves, right? They want to act like, oh, I got 50 million followers. And so they go pay, they, they create a bunch of fake accounts, they follow them, and they're like, this must be a serious person. He's got 50 million people listening, right? Correct. That's one reason. The other reason, and this is the one that I think whether or not Elon buys Twitter, we're going we're gonna to know something here in a minute. The other reason would be like if Russians or Chinese wanted to create a bunch of acrimony in the United States, they could create millions of accounts that Correct. could put out anti-American ideas, right. which happens all the well, so, time and on Twitter. Why... And we just assumed that it's because all the Twitter's full of a bunch of socialists, but it could be full of actual robot socialists. Correct. <laughs> which I, so, is so the name of my new punk band. Every, robot actual, socialists. Actual robot socialists. Is so the if name you were trying to figure this out, here's the deal. Whenever something looks popular on twitter right and you've heard the term trending trending the reason it's trending is because the algorithm perceives perceives that this is popular so lots of people are talking about it it pushes it out to other people to make it more popular right so a bot of say you know a hundred thousand bots can create a buzz and make something go viral that was never a buzz 
to anyone other than someone that wants to put something out right. there. Right. Here, here's a good example. The other day, there were 10 people at one of the, at Justice Amy Coney Barrett's house. 10, right? Right. 10 people protesting. But if Twitter, if, if Chinese saw that and they're like, oh, we want to piss off America today. So, and they, and they got, they got 2 million people talking about the giant protest at Amy Coney Barrett's house. They can create this astro, we call it astroturf, which is fake grassroots. Right. They can create astroturf energy around it and, and push it into the news. Cause then CNN's like, oh, this is trending. It must be news. Right. And, and so we could discover, we may discover that America's enemies have been fomenting discord by way of social media. We may discover that in the next couple months, which would be, I mean, like we already know it's happening to some degree. And, and frankly, people on the left have been saying that's how Trump was like to president, right? That the Russian bots on Facebook promoted his. Well, OK, candidacy. so I got something to say about this. And this is one of those weird things that I've always been saying. You remember you said something like, hey, I've always said that Netflix is over. You know, the, it's a paper tiger. It's a paper tiger. OK, so I've always said that the most popular people on Twitter are paper tigers because when you pay someone to grow your Twitter account, right? Yeah. Why do you want as an influencer to have a, a large Twitter account? Because you can then have advertisers yeah. pay you to plug, say stuff plug their stuff, or plug stuff or do stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And how you figure it out is how many people they follow. So how the algorithm works in uh, Twitter is you're going to get more followers if you follow more people. So you find people that you want to follow. And then what happens is, is you follow them, then they follow you. Yeah. And so this gets really big. So how you can tell if you are a big deal on your own or if you're a big deal uh, uh, because of something real is how many people you follow. Okay. So if you go to, let's just use two presidents. Yeah. Okay. Obama. He has an, un he has like a hundred million followers. A ton. Yeah. And he's following like a half a million, which means someone was Someone was paid to build that. It was no, for real. It's a lot. Okay. If you go to Trump's, it's not there anymore. Trump had, uh, let, let's say whatever the number was. Right. And he was following like he had, 40, people. he had like 60 million. Yeah. And he was following 40 people. <laughs> so he, his was truly organic following. Right. Whereas the other one, uh, the other was, uh, paid. Right. And that's what you do. If you're, if you're a celebrity and you want to build your brand or you're, you're a, a influence, you want to build your brand, you're going to pay someone to go out there. Yeah. He is following 583,000 people. Obama yeah. is. Yeah. That's how he built it. And he has 139, uh, 131 million followers. Yeah. So, but, but, but Trump used to have like 60 million. Yeah. But look how many times he tweets. Yeah. Never. He doesn't tweet. It's a fake account. It's All right. not so, real. Friends. So, so as a business decision, which is interesting, yeah, you because can't pay forty-four billion dollars for something that's fifty percent fake. Correct, you can't. Correct. Now, his haters, by the way, are saying he was never going to buy Twitter. He did this to get attention because he's an attention getter, and he's he's trying to tank Twitter because he's mad because he's a Trumpist, he's a secret Trumpist, or whatever. That's what his haters are going to say, and they've already started saying it because I read the tech blog. Yeah, but they, they the, right? those tech blogs are weird. Yeah, they're it's really weird because they they're whole built on innovation and capitalism, yeah. and they and they talk like a bunch of communists. It's really bizarre. Totally. Um, that being said, the deal is is in question mark. I'm not as negative on it as William is. Well, I don't know that I'm negative. I'm just nervous. I'm nervous. a nervous Nelly right now. I don't yeah. want. I want him to buy it. I think that it's good for us. I think that it's a good idea. Okay, so if Twitter was bought and yeah. then it, the platform was opened, yes, and and. 
the bots were were eliminated yes what would what would it be like would it be better i think it would be so much better because the bots are actually made to foment discord anyway friends this has been another cliffhanger episode of the waystation podcast your source for life hacks social commentary and amazing stories i am william i'm randy have a great day If you found yourself chuckling or thinking, you know who would really enjoy this, you should definitely send it to a friend. In writing. <laughs> In writing. We, we, we accept all kinds of contributions. Some people wrap buses. Some people like to put up, uh, you know. Wrap bo- buses? Yeah, where you get like this cling wrap, you wrap them around a bus. It's just oh, like this way. wrap it. Because buses are huge. I mean, huge. I, hundreds of people ride that every day. Hundreds. <laughs>